0: just welcome all those that are joining us. Today we're finishing up our study in the book of James. I trust it's been a helpful study to all of you. I know I've enjoyed it. Today I want to talk to you about a topic entitled Extraordinary Prayer. Extraordinary prayer. Speaking of prayer, I do. By the way, I want to say this for all of our locations: we are from Cajun ancestry. At least I am, and many of our campuses. Uh, a lot of the people are, and so I did want to finish up with one more Budro and Thibodeau joke. Speaking of prayer, I did have one funny about Budro and Thibodeau. Actually, Budro. He went down to church in Avery Island one day. The preacher came up to him and asked him if he needed prayer. He came right up to the front. Budro said, "Pastor." He said, I, uh, I need prayer. He says, what do you want me to pray for you about? Boudreaux said, preacher, I need, a, I need you to pray for my healing, my hearing. So the preacher touches Boudreaux's ear and prays. And after a few minutes, he removes his hand and says, Boudreaux, how's your hearing? And Boudreaux says, I don't know. It's not until next Thursday. Come on. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Boudreaux had a little translation problem. All right. If you have your Bible, I'm going to ask you to open up to James chapter 5. James chapter 5. Chapter five, as we open up the last chapter of the book of James, I wanna read something. It's so powerful. James chapter five, we're gonna read verse 13 to 18. Here's what the scripture says. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Verse 17, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed. Look how many times the word prayed. Prayed, "pray" is over and over. And he prayed earnestly, passionately, that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Here, James is calling these early believers to a life of prayer. It's interesting how we began the book and how we're finishing this it's it's all about connecting with God and, and believing that God actually speaks to us today but God not only speaks to us things happen when we pray there's supernatural things that happen matter of fact today I want to talk to you right out of this text number one I want to look at how we are to pray to receive comfort from God and our sufferings too. How to pray when we're facing sickness. A lot of people don't realize that as believers in Jesus that we serve a God that not only hears our prayers, but works with us and empowers us to work against the things that are holding us back. Sickness is one of those. How we should pray for God to speak to us when somebody confesses their sin to us and to pray for them. And third... We are to believe as children of God for signs and wonders. Christianity is a supernatural faith. It's not rational by itself. Of course, we use reason, but it's much more than that. We serve a supernatural God. We believe in a supernatural Christian lifestyle. And we believe that God really does answer prayer. Matter of fact, and I want to say this, everybody is at different places in their prayer life. Some of you are just beginning, and that's okay. Some of you have been in walking with the Lord for a while. Some of you guys, it's like, hey, you're the person in the church that everybody goes to when they have a big prayer concern because they know that you pray. God hears your prayer, and just things happen when you pray. I, I remember when I started off praying. Matter of fact, it was quite embarrassing. My first public prayer. It was a uh, Friday night, and uh, our, we had a singles ministry at our church. I'd been a Christian about three or four months, and. And uh, we would gather in circles, and we would sing at first, standing up, and then we would sit down and kind of gather in circles in prayer. And I I remember, this was the Friday, my first Friday night, I was going to pray. And I I just, I kind of got my courage up all day long. I thought, this is the day I'm going to do it. I'm fired up about it. And so in the group, there was a guy named Julio. There was his girlfriend slash fiance. I think they were just getting engaged at that time. Sherry, there was a lady named Lisa. There was another guy named Vic, and there was a couple others. Well, when I prayed, I I wasn't sure of all the different relationships. I just kind of knew in this thing. I was just meeting these people, and and I just said, man, this is the moment I'm going to pray. And I remember I prayed a prayer. At first, I thought it was a home run. I was like, it got to me, and we were going. I said, Lord, I pray for Julio, and God, I just prayed for Julio, and I prayed for him, and God in uh in his relationship with lisa and god you would help them and lord yeah what you're doing here don't let the devil get involved and keep them together forever amen and i was like man i felt good about myself man and julia goes hey steve my girlfriend sherry not lisa how I many you know I was looking for another opportunity to try that another time? In other words, sometimes when you step out, let me tell you, we grow in this and we can miss it sometimes, but it's okay. God, let me tell you, God still speaks to us. And just because you may have prayed a prayer and, you know, you're in youth group and somebody tells you to stand up. You're like, I was so nervous. I got it all confused. I prayed that Elijah. And then I said this and I thought and I got. Jesus. Let me just tell you something. Let me tell you. God knows our heart. He cares about us and he answers our prayer. I thank God today that as I'm growing with God, I'm learning how to pray. I'm getting the names right with the people that I know. And of course, that's just a funny little story. But. But God is a supernatural God. And maybe there's situations you're dealing with in your life right now. And the truth is they're not funny. Maybe it's in a marriage situation. Maybe you're dealing with a sickness in your body. Maybe you're in between jobs and you're like, man, you're crying out to God because you need God to speak to you. You need direction from God. I want to talk to you today about the power of prayer. The power of prayer. Prayer number one, the first thing that I see here, four ways to practice extraordinary prayer. If you have notes, again, you can look online our U version notes. Four ways to practice extraordinary prayer. Number one, we are to pray, watch this, don't miss this, through our suffering. Look at verse 13. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Now, immediately when you see that, you think, wait, time out. That's so insensitive. If somebody is suffering, they should get somebody else to pray. That's part of it. But James is very clear to these early believers. When you're suffering... How many times when we're suffering, we want to be a victim, maybe? We want to get mad at somebody, somebody else that maybe, quote, has even, we think, I don't know, somehow, you know, foisted this upon us. They've, they've done something, and yet James is so clear. He says, when you're suffering, don't forget to pray. This is a unique call from James. He's asking the first century church to go against the human tendency, when we're in pain, to get angry, to indulge in self pity or complaint, ultimately, to not forget God. How many times in our lives we're going through tough times and we can just forget? We can forget that God is there and God wants to speak and actually help us through that suffering. There are some people who believe that once they become a Christian, everything in the world is okay. Man, I went to that church, I raised my hand, I got saved. And then Monday came, and and like I still had problems. Let me tell you, we don't believe the Bible in any way advocates a life of panacea, utopian existence where you don't have problems, you don't have challenges. The Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible teaches that God empowers us to walk through those challenges, to have wisdom to navigate through the problems of life. Some folks believe that, you know what? that when you get saved, that you just don't go through things. That's just not what the Bible teaches. John chapter 16, verse 33. These things I've spoken to you. Here's the words of Jesus. These things I've spoken to you that in me, you would have peace. In Christ, in Christ, you can have peace. In the world, you have tribulation. So there's only one place of ultimate peace. It's in Christ. In the world, you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. For I've overcome the world. Sometimes we experience suffering because we live in a fallen world. And it's just the, the shrapnel of the broken cosmos that we're in. Sometimes it's demonic attacks where there's a specific. The Bible talks about that. Jesus himself said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. Real clear his mission statement. Real clear the statement, the mission statement of the devil. The devil's come to steal, kill, and destroy. Sometimes the enemy hits us. He comes to steal our dreams, to steal our peace. Sometimes we experience suffering because of the fallen world. Sometimes because of a demonic assault. Sometimes because of the poor choices of somebody else. Sometimes our own choices. And yet, James is so clear. The issue is not when we experience suffering. The issue is not if we experience suffering. The issue is how do we respond when we do? What is our posture in it? I've got good news and I've got bad news. The bad news is that suffering is part of the Christian life. Here's the good news. God has given us his Holy Spirit to be with us and empower us in our suffering. That's the good news. John chapter 14, verse 16 to 18, Jesus said, I'll pray the Father and he'll give you another helper that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, I love this, watch this, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. The word helper in verse 16 actually means comforter, It means one called alongside to help. When we are suffering, when our world seems to be caving in, when we're going through pain in our lives, brothers and sisters, don't don't miss this. This is so important. When we pray in our suffering, it actually releases the power of the Holy Spirit to comfort us in our suffering. It's the Holy Spirit. Prayer is the release valve to the release of God's power in our life. And oh, when you experience the presence of God. He said, I'm not leaving you as orphans. In other words, I'm not just, I'm not going to leave you unattended to. I'm not going to leave you unequipped. This is the beauty of the Christian life, that we don't have to suffer alone. Let me tell you what's bad. Not just suffering, but when you have to suffer alone. Can I tell you something we have a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And I want to encourage you maybe right now right where you are right in your suffering. Let me tell you we're not get, let's not get mad, let's not complain, let's not get bitter, let's not get bitter at God, let's not get bitter at the government, let's not get bitter at the next. Let's 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 pray because when we pray there's a release of the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The divine watches comforter that comes to comfort us in our suffering. James says pray pray. Watch this. In our suffering. Number two, the second thing that we should do is pray against sickness. James chapter five, verse 14. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith, the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. James is giving this first century church a prescription, I would call it a divine prescription, and it's a command. It's a command, watch this, this is important, to those that are sick to call for the elders of the church to come. To do what? Sickness and disease are in the earth, I believe, the Bible teaches because of the fall of creation. Disease and sickness do not originate from God or in heaven. They're part of the fall. Notice where the onus is on. The onus is not on the elders of the church. The onus, meaning the ownership, is actually on those that are sick to call for the elders of the church. In other words, when you're sick, number one, you pray through suffering. But number two, there's a moment where you say, you know what? I need someone to stand with me to stand against this thing coming in my life. And so James says, call for the elders of the church. James gives abundant reasons as he goes through this, that there's a, there's a grace, there's a release of power, How often do we are not calling for the elders of the church? Again, I want to say this. I want to qualify this. I'll say this several times. We believe in doctors. We have doctors and nurses in the church. We believe in medical care. And I go to doctors. But I'm going to tell you something. I think the first response we should have is let's go to God or let's go to the elders of the church and believe for the supernatural. And yes, God uses all types of ways and means to heal. But yet, part and parcel of what God is telling us here is there's something of a supernatural exchange. When, watch this. When the elders of the church anoint you with oil and pray in faith, that, that healing can come. Question. When was the last time you asked for the elders of the church after a service and came up? By the way... We have prayer after every church service. And by the way, healing can be spiritual, emotional, and yes, physical. In the Old Testament, we see healing. It's all throughout the Bible. Exodus chapter 13, 26, it gives as one of the names of God. I am the Lord who heals you, Jehovah Rapha. In the Old Testament, God is, is revealed as not only deliverer, but he's also revealed as the one who heals us. In the Gospels, Jesus healed people all over the place. I mean, really, he taught and he healed. That's what he did. He taught and he healed. He taught and he healed. In the Old Testament, we see healing. In the New Testament, matter of fact, one of my favorite verses in the book of Acts, Luke writes the book of Acts, encapsulating the ministry of Jesus, here's what he said. If you want to know what the whole ministry of Jesus, again, he was the savior of the world. He came to die on the cross, be buried and raised again from the third day. But can I tell you, when he was on the earth for those three years, Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Listen to what the Bible says. Pull that up. I'm going to read it to you real quick. It says this. It says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went around doing what? Everybody say it. Good healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. Sickness is not your friend. Sickness and disease are not your friend. And I believe we have a biblical command, admonishment, however you want to say it, that when we're sick, call for the elders of the church. Come to the front of the altar and ask for prayer. Throughout the New Testament church, we see miracles over and over and over, spiritual, demons coming out of people, <laughs> emotional healing, and physical healing. It's interesting. We, um, I was so proud of our church. We gathered Oh, gosh, we had thousands and thousands of people that gathered for our three-day event called Prepare. And we're so excited. We'll be doing that again next year. And, and by the way, I want to say, every, the first Friday of every month, all of our campuses, we have a night of prayer and worship. That'll be coming up. We also have our first Wednesday in Baton Rouge, a time of just crying out to God, seeking God. Every service we have, we have laying on our hands and praying and believing God for the supernatural. But uh, one of the things that, that the first speaker, John Lindell, on the first night of our prepare event, he he began to talk about praying for people and sickness and disease and how God is healing people. And and there was a a couple there and I've mentioned this before, I'll mention it again it was it's one of the most vivid dramatic things that's happened in our church of a supernatural healing. How, how many of y'all believe that God still heals today? Come on, do y'all believe that? We we believe that. Okay, we, we believe that. And Tim and Jan Lantrip, they were sitting, I think, over here in a section and matter of fact, the pastor John Lindell, had the people go into the aisles, and people were just laying hands on, on people. And there were so many people that were in the aisles they couldn't even get out of their seat to get in there. And and Tim, had, for those of you in the North Shore area, he was in a uh, he was hit by a car in downtown Covington a couple years ago, eighteen months, two years ago, literally was at the point of death in a coma for months and months. They were going to pull the plug. Up, and God just supernaturally kind of kept him. In. And so he, he couldn't walk. He he had a cane. He couldn't walk without the help of that. Plus, he had a very bad hernia because of all the tubes that came in to his body. And then morning after that first night of prepare, that revival night, after he'd gotten, it's some people prayed for him, the next morning he got up and and uh, he realized he had left his cane in the kitchen and he, he got up and walked to the kitchen. And when he got there to get his cane, he realized, my gosh, I didn't even need my cane to walk. And then he looked at his body and he was supernaturally healed in his body from the effects of that, just supernaturally healed. And then he walked back to his room. Then he walked to to, to his work, and he was so it was one of the most dramatic supernatural healings. There were more people healed. Let me tell you something. Jesus is not only Savior, but he's also the healer. And he'll heal your soul, but he'll also heal your body. And James tells us when we're dealing with sickness, yes, we believe in doctors, and God uses all means, but don't pass up the biblical injunction to call for the elders of the church and have hands laid upon you and, and, and believe God for the supernatural. God wants to heal. God heals today. God wants to heal people. Who is the healer? Jesus is the healer. The elders aren't the healers. Jesus is the healer. Hebrews thirteen eight. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. By the way, Pastor Sam Hawkins, our missions pastor. Sometimes, I want to say this, sometimes healing is dramatic and instantaneous. Sometimes it's over time. But we're still going to believe for it. He had one son who was literally born with the disease and they prayed, he and Jody. And he was supernaturally healed at birth. He had another son who had the same disease and healing's been a process for him. But we don't, let me tell you, whether it's instantaneous or whether it's a process, we still need to believe for healing. We still need to believe for supernatural healing. It is God, let me tell you, it's our responsibility to pray. It's our responsibility to come forward. It's God's responsibility to heal. We've got to come. In verse 14, James specifically speaks of the practice of the elders or the leaders in the church, anointing them with oil and praying over them in the name of the Lord. James is saying if you're battling a sickness, and I want to say this after our services today, if you're battling with some sickness, some infirmity, our prayer team, our, our, our leaders, they have, they, they're ready to lay hands upon you. I do want to say this. Our faith is not in the oil, Our faith is not in the elders. Our faith is not in the prayer team. And our faith is not just in hands being laid on us. That's simply a point of contact. Our faith is in Jesus. He's the healer. But God uses people. The Bible tells us to do that. It's a point of contact for us to release our faith in Jesus, the healer. Jesus wants to heal you. Spiritually, emotionally, and physically. I'll say this one more time. After every service, after every meeting that we have, we have a prayer time at the front of the altar. When the campus pastor releases you to go, you're welcome to go. But if you need prayer, we're here to lay hands on you and to believe for God's healing in your life. Point three, pray after confessing your sin. Look at verse 16. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. James is showing us the power of confession. Now the word confess means to agree fully with God. Do you know that when you confess your sin, you know what you're doing? You're agreeing with God that first of all, it is sin. You're agreeing with God. You're agreeing with God of what God's word says. It means to engage and to agree with God of his assessment on this thing. Lord, I'm sorry. I acknowledge this. I confess this to you. This first century church, he was advocating not just a confession of sin to God, though, but James was advocating the power of community when we, watch this, confess our sins one to another. There's something about the beauty of transparency when we... When we confess our sins one to another. Now, no one can forgive us of our sins. Jesus is the forgiver. And yet, James encourages us that when we confess our sin, there's something that happens in our soul. Can I say this to you? And I've said this before. We are only as sick as our secrets. There's something that happens when we get that secret out. I'm not talking about putting it on the internet I'm not talking about putting it on social media. I am saying that is there anybody in your life—a trusted friend, or a counselor, or a pastor, somebody in your life that you can that you trust enough? Because James says, when you confess that, you know what you do when you take what's in the dark and you bring it to the light, it loses its power. Do you know that half of the sin? Pro- somebody said this one time that sin. Let me tell you how it grows. It grows in the dark rooms of our minds. But once the light comes on, once you you confess, you've done an action. Can I tell you, if you've committed a sin and you don't have a brother or sister that you can be transferred, can I tell you what? Condemnation comes, the enemy comes, and can I tell you something? The chances are that you'll actually walk deeper in sin. Because the enemy specializes in condemnation, beating you up. And that's why James says when you're together and you walk in community, you're in a small group, you've got a Christian friend. The Bible says confess your sins one to another, then you pray for one another. Why do we pray? We're not healing them. We're not praying because we're forgiving them, but we're reinforcing God's forgiveness. We're saying, you know what the word says? You know what God says about you? He loves you. He forgives you. What are we doing as, as, as men and women of God when we walk with one another? You know what we're doing? We, we are always reinforcing what God says about them, what, what God feels about them, how God cares about them. This is a powerful thing. We are all carrying around so much toxic junk in our lives, aren't we? Junk, stuff in our lives. I'm so grateful in my life that there's been different men in my life, not only as a young Christian, but different times in my life where... I mean, I've had community, I've had relationships, and after I got saved, there's been times where I'll, I'll never forget four or five months after being saved, there was some immorality, some things that it was just so shameful in my life, and, and I knew I was a Christian, but boy, the enemy would just come up and, and condemn me, and, 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 and the reality was is that I knew God had forgiven me, but I needed to get it out to another Christian brother. And I, I, I'll never forget getting it out one time. I said, man, these are some things I did. I just, I just, I just, I know God's, I know intellectually that God has forgiven me, but boy, I need a feeling in my heart. You ever been there before? And I'm going to tell you, it was when I confessed it and got it out. My brother's surrounding me and loving me and praying. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be what? Everybody say it. Heal. Healing is spirit soul, and body. There's a power in that. I want to encourage you that, that, that wherever you are in your walk with God, sometimes you're carrying things. Let me tell you, we all carry things God never intended us to carry, and we need God, but we also need God's people. We need the community. There's nothing like being able to get off your conscience something that you've done to a trusted Christian friend that can love you and can care for you and can pray for you there's something about it. I want to be clear, human beings do not forgive human beings. Human beings do not heal human beings. But human beings can reinforce God's healing power. Human beings can reinforce God's forgiving power and grace. I do want to say as well to all of our campuses, one of the things that we have here that I want to just encourage you if you've never been there is freedom small groups. Freedom. We culminate with a freedom retreat. It's a 10-week small group, and, and it's just powerful. Matter of fact, I'm going to ask for a show of hands. How many of y'all been through freedom? Come on, just raise your hand. All of our locations, even those online. By the way, we have it online as well, and it's so powerful. We talk about some of the roots that keep us back, bitterness and rejection and some of the shame because of past sin, and, and, and it's so powerful. We finish up at our Little Creek campus, and we also do it at our Atlanta campus. But our Little Creek campus, we have a retreat, and the, the Louisiana, Mississippi campus has come for that. And it's a Friday night, Saturday, and it's just powerful and breaking things and, and, and reinforcing. What God says about people and just believing for this. I want to encourage you, if you've never been through freedom, this summer we'll have an opportunity. And in the fall, I believe it'll touch and change your life. All right, number four, and we'll close. You guys learn anything today? Is this helping anybody? Okay, good. Here we go. All right, number one, pray in our suffering. Pray in our Suffering. Number two, the second thing that I see here is not only do we pray in our suffering, but we are to pray against sickness. Yes, the Bible commands us, admonishes us. Don't just receive something without praying against it. Speak the word. Believe God. Yes, get the elders of the church. Number three, we are, watch this, we confess. There's something about walking in community with other brothers and sisters where we can be open, where we can be transparent. And then they pray and they reinforce the finished work of the cross in our lives where they declare what God says over us. There's healing that comes in our souls. Number four, pray expecting signs and wonders. James chapter five, verse 16 The Bible says the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. The Bible says he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. It is powerful. Isn't this powerful? And, the scripture, and he prayed again. And the Bible says that heaven gave rain and the earth produced its fruit. Now, let me just say how powerful this is. I believe that God put this in here because Elijah, this is important, Elijah was a man just like us. It was a human being. It wasn't Jesus doing all these miracles. Now, we know Jesus did miracles, but I believe that James is very clear. Everyone look right here. James is very clear. This is so important. He's saying, Elijah was a man like us. Do you know that Elijah struggled with depression in his life? You know, there's a time after the great battle and calling down fire and the prophets of Baal, actually ran from Jezebel the queen and He went under a tree, and he actually asked God to take his life. Let me just tell you something. This is so important. Sometimes we dismiss ourselves thinking it's only the great woman of God, the only great man of God, only the preacher. It's not what the Bible says. Elijah had a nature like ours. In other words, he got depressed at times. He got discouraged at times. He got burned out at times. And yet God used his life greatly. How many of you have disqualified yourselves? Pastor, you understand I've not been to Bible school. I've not had all the theology classes or I got mad at my wife and said something I shouldn't. I got mad at my husband. I got mad at my kids. I did something I shouldn't have done. And so surely God is, God's gonna just put me right back here. I'm disqualified forever. Can I tell you something? You're not disqualified by a mistake. (laughs) Can I tell you? You're actually qualified when you confess it before God because God loves to use broken people because he gets the glory and not man elijah was a man with a nature like ours and he prayed and he believed god pastor are you saying that we can pray and believe god and supernatural things can happen and rain comes and rain stops can i tell you something i didn't say the bible said it the bible says let me tell you all things are possible to him who believes there are supernatural things awaiting the church to actually ask and believe and cry out and pray. I love hearing the gospel preached. We preach the gospel at church again we preach the word. But I love seeing what well, the Bible says signs following the preaching of the word. Mark chapter 16 verse 20 and they went out and preached everywhere. They preached everywhere. They preached everywhere. And the Lord working with them, confirming the word through the accompanying signs. God God wants to do miracles. Can I, I want to just say this to all of you. You are the material. You are the material that God wants to work his signs, wonders, and miracles through. You're the people. It's not just the pastor or the priest or whoever, the, the clergy, the cleric. No, no, no. It's, you're the people. You're, you're the ones that God wants to... If, if you've got some family member... That's sick, you you can lay hands upon them. If you've got some neighbor that you're sharing Christ with, believe God to speak to you, to give you a word of wisdom, a word of In other words, in other words, believe God. Why is it? I had a person tell me this one time, my first year of being saved. I mean, how many remember when you got saved? Right when you got saved, you just believe for anything, right? It's like just anything can happen, and it often did. You go down to downtown New Orleans, I live in New Orleans, you know, God, I need a parking spot, Lord, if you're real, you know, and all that stuff. You know, and there it was. And, and then we stopped because we mature. No, we stopped because we get foolish. I think that God wants us to have a, let me tell you something. I'm going to say this. We need to pray bold prayers. <laughs> Why not? Pray for that prodigal. Pray for that broken marriage. Pray for that person that's dealing with sickness. Well, pastor, what if I pray for somebody who's got sickness and disease and I pray for them and and they get worse? That's up to God. God requires us to do the praying and believing. He's the one that does the healing. You ever shared Christ with somebody that didn't get saved? I have. Doesn't mean I'm going to stop sharing Christ. Are you with me? I'm going to keep sharing Christ. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep believing. James 4, 2 says it this way. I taught it a few weeks ago. We do not have because we do not what? Say it. Ask. What challenge? I want everybody to hear me. What challenge in your life, what problem in your life is, putting, is standing right in front of you? And you just, you've been unwilling to ask God. God wants to help you with that. God wants to help you with that. What challenge is in your life? You've been fighting alone, you've been unwilling to ask somebody else to pray with you about. Yeah. Ask. I'll close with this Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Ask. Everyone say ask. Ask, and it'll be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it'll be open to you. Ask, ask. Don't give up asking. Don't give up knocking. Don't give up seeking. Don't give up asking. Don't give up knocking. Don't give up seeking. I believe that God wants to do supernatural things in Church of the King. I believe that God wants to do supernatural things in the communities where all of our campuses are, where there's Bible preaching at all the Bible preaching churches. I believe that God wants to do supernatural things in our nation. And I believe that God wants to do supernatural things in the world. Let me tell you the one thing that he needs. He needs somebody to ask. Can we be that people? Can we be the people that ask? Lord, we're just asking. Matter of fact, I'm going to ask everybody to bow their heads right now. I just sense the Holy Spirit. Lord, pour out your Spirit in our lives. We're asking, God. Holy Spirit, pour out your presence in our lives, and our family. Lord, as I held my wife's hand last night, I said, Holy Spirit, brought your presence in my marriage and our four children in our home and the church that you've called us to be a part of. God, we're asking. We're asking, Lord. Lord, I'm asking, I'm asking that you'd heal people at Church of the King. That Tim and Jan would not be the only ones, but that you would do supernatural unexplainable healing, physical healings, so that only you would get the glory. God, I'm asking that you would heal people emotionally, people that have carried shame from their past. I know what that's like. Rejection and fear, I know what that's like. God, I'm asking, I'm asking, God, that there would be a wave of emotional healing in Church of the King. God, I'm asking for spiritual healing, that people would be delivered from demonic influences in their mind, in their emotional realm. I'm asking, heal spirit, soul, and body. Lord, I'm asking that you would increase your presence in every aspect of Church of the King, in the lives, and the families, and in the individuals in this church. I'm asking. In my life, I'm asking. I'm seeking. I'm knocking. I'm believing for supernatural results. I'm gonna pray through my suffering. I'm gonna pray against sickness. Hmm. I'm gonna pray for my friends that confess their sins. And I'm gonna pray believing for signs and wonders. Yeah. With everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed, I just wanna ask you, do you know Christ? Do you know that you know if you die today, you're ready to stand before God? Here, here's what the Bible says. The Bible says, whoever calls upon that name, whoever calls upon the name of Jesus shall be saved. I can't save you. Church of the King can't save you, but I tell you who can, his name is Jesus. Do you know Christ? Do you know that you know if you die today that you're ready to stand before God? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believeth on him Shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Do you know Christ? Have you trusted Christ as your Savior? With everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed, if you say, Pastor, pray for me, I need Christ. I want to surrender my heart to Jesus. I need the blood of Christ to wash me, to cleanse me, and to make me new. If that's you, the count of three, I'm going to ask you to hold your hand up high, and I'm going to pray. If that's you, one, two, three. Quickly, hold your hand up high, and I'm going to see it. I'm going to pray for you. All right, I'm going to pray for everybody. We're going to pray every one of our locations, those that are joining us online right now, I'm gonna pray for you right now. If you say this, say this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, come on, everyone louder. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you today, a sinner in need of a savior. Say, Jesus, I repent of my sin. I let go of my past and I turn to you. I turn to the cross. Say, Jesus, wash with your blood. Give me a new heart, a new life, a new reason to live. Say this last thing. Say, Jesus, I take my life and I put it in your hands. From this day forward, I belong to you. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for the sealing work of the Holy Spirit and the word of the living God taking root deep in the hearts of your people. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, come on, can we give the Lord a hand clap? Come on, we just bless the Lord. Amen. Amen.
1: Wow, what a powerful message from Pastor Steve today. And I just want to know, are you making a decision to follow Jesus right now? or maybe to recommit your life to Christ. If that is you, I just wanna say congratulations. As a church, we're celebrating with you and I personally believe that's the best decision that you could ever make. In fact, this is not just the finish line, it's the starting line of an amazing life with Jesus. And as your church family, we'd love to just walk with you on this new journey of following Christ. And the easiest way that you can let us know that you made that decision today is if you simply text the word decision to the numbers 822 822 or you can click the link in the chat room right now we'd love to just to follow up with you and to, to maybe give you some resources to really help you as you begin your new life with Christ and again Congratulations! We also have some hosts that are available to pray with you right now, as, you, as you're making a decision to follow Jesus, or maybe as you're just thinking about the message today. As as God maybe spoke some things to you or encouraged some things in you that you want to believe God for some big things. Our hosts are ready and available to pray with you and to stand with you in faith to believe God for those things right now. Just click that button, or you can just type "I'd like prayer," and our hosts would be more than honored to stand with you in faith in this moment. Well, with that being said, we're wrapping up today's service. It's been so good being with you, but you don't wanna miss next week as we kick off our brand new series called Parables, Life Lessons from Jesus. It's gonna be a powerful series. So I just encourage you to bring someone along with you for church next weekend and, and be ready to receive from God as we dive into these parables, these powerful life stories that really apply to our lives still today it's going to be such a good series i believe that god's going to speak to me personally and i believe the same thing for you as well so we can't wait to see you here next weekend same time same place we love you guys hope you have an awesome week